Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we listen to a band or an artist. And this week we're talking about TV on the radio. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I am Dax. Jared. Tyler. And how did everybody feel about listening to TV on the radio this week? Quite good. Yeah, it was good. I, yeah, it was good. It was good. Good. It wasn't bad, maybe I should say. Okay. I was indifferent. Indifferent. Yes. Wholly indifferent? Wholly. Like, all of it? You were indifferent towards everything. You had zero feelings. You listened to five albums. And you I didn't. Had no I don't. Feelings. It's not that I don't have feelings. I. It was. That's indifference. Um. It was fine. It was not great. I did not enjoy it very much, but uh, it kind of was playing. It was not that memorable. I had listened. I thought I knew them, but I did not know them very well at all. Um, I thought I had heard, uh, known one of their songs. I, I was listening to the music, and I was like, I'm going to know one of these, and I never did. I thought I'd listened to them earlier in their career, and I did not. That's my feelings on them. Dex, what's your history with TV on the radio? I had not listened to them before this week, um, which was interesting. I definitely have to listen to it more to have a more rounded opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the first listen through, though. Uh, I, I liked, I could definitely hear influences come out, like in weird places, uh, which was interesting. Influences but, like what? So there were jazzy bits, a lot of um, like specific artists, none coming to mind right now, but just listening through, I was hearing bits and pieces mm-hmm. um, that I had, you know, it just not necessarily sounded like something, yeah. but I could definitely like feel a connection to, you yeah. know what I mean? I feel like the jazzy but, bits, Tyler, you can maybe correct me on this, but I feel like the jazzy bits only really lasted for the first two LPs. Mm-hmm. And every uh, there were groove elements that were going on in the later three albums, but really jazz wasn't like a big focus from Dear Science on. Not as much, no. The instrumentation changed a little bit, and part of the reason it didn't is because the jazz was, like the first few albums... Mm-hmm. are really layer is a layered sound. Very much so. And when you hit Dear Science, that starts to disappear. Yes. And it and it, it comes into like a more dense sound, more atmospheric dense sound. But I yeah. but I do feel on Nine Types of Light it kind of comes back a little bit to more of a layered sound for a little bit of that album. And there are some more Maybe some bits. moments. Yeah, there are more bits in there. Well, especially in the vocal delivery yeah. particularly. Um but also the there's it should, the songs are not as dense. Maybe one instrument takes up a lot more sound, mm-hmm. but the layers, uh, you know, are a little more prevalent to me in that album. But yeah. the jazzy stuff kind of is one of those layers that isn't continual throughout a song necessarily. Right, it has its time and each, and place in each song. It kind of comes in in a burst, yeah, and then kind of quickly fades away. That I mean, that's. Kind of the the sense that I get from Desperate Youth and Return of Cookie Mountain is that a lot of what they're doing is is that because it, it, I mean it's experimental down to its core those two albums I think and I think that the jazz elements are just an additional layer right it's not like 
oh, this is really jazzy. It's that jazz makes an appearance as right. a layer among many, many other yeah, layers. Yeah, many other things. That just tends to be one of the ones that was more predominant and maybe one that was a little bit more obvious. But Yeah, it stands out a little bit more. The synth and loops tend to f- like fill in the background a little bit more. Right. And the jazzy elements and some of the guitar come out in the front. Did y'all listen to Young Liars? I listened to most of it, not not all of it, but most of it. Yeah, I listened to some of it. It's got the same type of, you know. Yeah, it, it comes from there as well. And some of those songs are recycled. One song is recycled yes. in particular. And one of them is a cover. Yes, one of them is a cover. You want to get into that one? Or, yeah, I, I was just mentioning it. If you, if you I actually it, did mention it on the Pixies episode. Did you? Yep. I don't remember you mentioning it, but I, I believe did. You. I mentioned it on the Pixies episode that was actually done by Tunde Adebempe. Uh-huh. under the name TV on the radio early on. Mm-hmm. And he layered his voice 40 times for that song. Jeez. Of Mr. Greaves, a cover of Mr. Greaves by Pixies. Yeah. Which they cite as one of their collective influences. Well, they have a lot of very interesting influences, which is what shaped their sound in right. a lot of ways. Well, I'll get into it, but it shaped their early sound. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my intro to TV on the radio was in 06, 07, when, t- when Return, to Cookie, Return to Cookie Mountain came out. Uh, my neighbor introduced me to them, and I thought, and he gave me, he must have just given me a digital version of that album. That's actually the first album I bought at VGR. I bought it in 2009. That was the first was album you ever bought? At VGR. Oh, okay. It was on CD, though. I was in high school. Huh. I was at Ball State for two weeks for a, an architecture camp thing. And I went there and bought that album. Listened to it for two weeks. You have all of their vinyl, right? I have Desperate Youth. and I have the first three okay. on vinyl. And then I didn't get Nine Types of Light. I bought Nine Types of Light when it came out in 2011 uh-huh. on CD. And then I don't own Seeds because I'm not a big fan of it. That's fair. I'd love to have Young Liars, but it's kind of it's not difficult to find necessarily. You can get it on Discogs. It's difficult to find physically. Mm-hmm. And it's not that expensive, but... It's like 12 bucks, and I don't want to pay shipping on it. <laughs> gotcha. All right. That's a dedicated, so, that's a dedicated fan right there. But, I, I mean, it's a, I love the EP, but I can listen yeah. to it other places, so I'm not hurting for it at the I, moment. You I know? understand. Yeah. But uh, it's really good. I like that EP as well. Their early work is, where, is what sticks with me most anyway. That's, yeah. That's where I, I get driven. Well, I, I after finished Seeds, I was like, I, I got to listen to some of the early stuff. So that's when I listened to that EP. I was like, I, I, I got to get something other than this newer stuff. Seeds is not particularly good. I don't think that Nine Types of Light is particularly good either. I think that they're almost, I don't want to say that they're identical albums, but I will say that they come from very similar places. Something about Nine Types of Light didn't connect with me very much mm-hmm. uh, but i did like seeds more did you than that yeah i Se- still like the first couple albums better but I, I i was into seeds i liked it seeds is more pop it's yeah. a lot more pop yeah and like even hip-hop pop and even it's just i think my favorite song is difficult. on seeds which one? Oh no careful you okay Best to say goodbye 
And on that one, like back to the influence, they list uh, Serge Gainsborough, a mm-hmm. uh, French dude, as one of their influences. I, I could, you is know, that, very his, obvious there. His major claim to fame is being a French dude. He is a French he dude. He is a French cool. dude, and that's it. Yeah, a very, very sexual singer. Ah, there you yeah, go. That's kind of what he's Sensual. known for. Was that a Mott the Hopple, All the French Dudes? Thank you. Yes. But no, when I heard that song first... Uh, you know, very obviously because they're speaking French. It just made me think about that. So I was listening to that this week. They're speaking and French. What about the other French song? Well, that one specifically. What other French song? Was Dear it? Science has a French song. I don't remember. Heroic Dose mm. is in French, deep French. Also on that album, Seeds is the song "Happy Idiot." That's the single. The single, which has a fun music video where you have Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Mr. Pee Wee Herman, playing the character of Speed Racer within mm-hmm. the music video. Indeed. And Karen Gillian is in there, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good music video. It's quite a thing. It is. Well, Tunde Edebempe worked in film and television prior to forming the band. Mm-hmm. Can you say his name again? Tunde Edebempe. Mm, I love it. It's a good name. It's a good name. It is a good name. It's from St. Louis. Continue. Um... The name is? No, the man. <laughs> the man whose name it is. Originally, he's from St. Louis? He's from St. Louis. Because they're a Brooklyn band. They're a Brooklyn but, band. Yeah. He's from. He was born in St. Louis. Gotcha. And moved to the region. And uh, he actually, for, for instance, he discovered Gerard Smith busking in the subways. Yeah. And he continued to give him money. And then he's like, join my band. So that's kind of a funny little story there. And, and Gerard said, Gerald? Is it Gerald, right? Smith? No, Gerald Smith. Is that his name? Gerard. Gerard. The bassist? Yeah. What's his name? Gerard. What's his last name? Smith. Smith. So I was right. Yeah. Gerard Smith. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're, this whole why time. Was like, you said no. That's why I was like, what are you talking about? His name is Gerard Smith. Who else are you talking about then? He, but, he's, in 2003, he, he's recalled seeing him in a film, Jump Tomorrow, made by IFC. Yeah. And he was addicted to that film. And he, when he was busking, he was like, hey, I know you from that movie. And he said, hey, you want to join my band? Yep. <laughs> he was like, yeah. It was very strange. I was like, it was. this is a very strange thing. Yeah. Tyler, you said, and this is, I think, one of the, the major things that I think is worth discussing. Where do you think the line is drawn at their early work? When does their early work end? The layered sound on the early work ends after Return to Cookie Mountain. So that's what you're mostly into? Yeah, but I like Dear Science. Dear Science is good, but Dear Science is a little bit different. It's good in a different way. Yeah. I don't listen. It's a good album, and there are people who will say that Dear Science is their best album. Right. And it's better than Return to Cookie Mountain. Yeah. But there are also people who will say, for instance, Pitchfork, shame on you, that... (laughs) This episode brought to you by Pitchfork. That Young Liars. Every episode. Young Liars, Return to Cookie Mountain, and Dear Science are all rated best new music. And Desperate Youth is not. And Desperate Youth is so very good. Desperate Youth is pretty good. And so, you know, some people are some people. People get different feelings off of different sounds. The layered thing isn't everyone's thing. Because the singing starts to change, too. Right. It's not as weird. Things start to normalize as they fill up the space on Dear Science. They become... 
I, not, I use this phrase a little loosely, but they become more accessible is really what they I do think. become more accessible. Dear science on is a more accessible sound and dear science is really them at the peak of being experimental and accessible. And I think that's why the right. album is considered their best album by many. Yeah. It's really good. Dear science is really good. And, but I mean, it's hard for me cause I can't separate myself from return to cookie mountain. I listened to that thing forever. Right. For forever I listened to that album. And I absolutely prefer Return to Cookie Mountain. Yeah, I like the early sound more too. Dear Science is just I think the, it's just slightly more complex dance music. I know that it's kind more of. complex. I know that there's more to it, but most of the songs on Dear Science to me just seem pretty dancey. They become more thematic. Yeah. And they the jazziness, there's still jazz elements in there. They're very minimal. Well, they're played out differently. Yeah. They're played out as part of the back, like everything else. They're yeah. played out as part of the whole. Mm-hmm. And the, I think song to song, the thing is, is like the layers is predominant in the early work, period. Mm-hmm. And song to song, even when you reach songs that, for instance, Ambulance is a good like example, mm-hmm. or Province... Where like the musical layers are more limited, the audible the the vocal layers are increased. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you have a you have different styles of songs. Mm-hmm. What I think is cool about it too is like even some of it comes into like the ch- it brings chanting into it almost, you know, which is kind of neat. But yeah, you have different types of songs on those albums. You well, know, in Dear Science, not... you have the high tempo and the low tempo. Right. Very. There's like the I I prefer the down tempo songs more than the more upbeat songs. Like I think that Family Tree and Love Dog are probably two of the best songs on Dear Science. I also think DLZ is very good. Yep. But I think that songs like like Halfway Home and especially Red Dress. I thought Red Dress was pretty underwhelming. Especially like the opening lyrics are just kind of silly. Well, that yeah, it is, and that's the type of thing you get. Like "Dancing Choose" was a song that they played a lot off of that one. Yeah, and uh, ha, yeah, "Dancing Choose." See what they did there, "Dancing Choose." Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's great. So it see, did you get it? Okay, but that song, what the thing is, is like when you're not using this layered thing. You can't just add more layers to change your complexity or remove layers from one segment and move, you know, add layers to another segment to, to have dynamic between songs on the album. Mm-hmm. So they do play more with tempo and they do play more with like how much guitar and the speed of the guitar and the and what's being played on it has its role in that song. So for instance, in Dancing Shoes, it's fairly prominent in part of that song. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what drives that song. So the shift is really like interesting coming into that for instance, but I think, like I said, I thought nine types of light, which you're not wrong to feel the way you feel about it because when it came out, people were underwhelmed, even though critically it wasn't, it was still well received critically, not as well as the rest of them, but a lot of, a lot of listeners I feel. And what I remember about it when it came out is a lot of listeners were not particularly pleased with it. Yeah. But I bought it and I listened to it a lot. And that's like now when I think of TV on the radio, I get songs stuck in my head from TV on the radio all the time because they're a band that to me, because of the layering, there are little segments of a song, like five second to 10 second clips 
that gets stuck in my brain. Like quick loops. That ha- yeah, it happens yeah. and that's it. And it doesn't happen again the rest of the song. Right. And when I think of those things that get stuck in my head, some of the songs that get stuck in my head, I think are early ones. And I go look and they're on Nine Types of Light. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And yeah, because I don't feel like when I listen to Nine Types of Light and, and especially Seeds, you just don't see as many of those like additional fill out layers that you see on an album like Return of Cookie Mountain or or Desperate Youth. You like you get that like through the entire album on those where like one song will have so many different elements that are added into the song where like it starts off as just like a simple loop and then that loop transforms into something else and then transforms into something else and something else is added in. And I feel like a lot more of their other three albums are much more straightforward songs that don't incorporate those same things into it. They do follow a more like standard structure. Yeah. From that point on. But I think a lot of people just didn't get what they I feel like a lot of people who were excited for Nine Types of Light were only focusing on Deer Science. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, it just didn't it, they didn't get it. I spent a lot of time with that album mm-hmm. because at that point in my life I had a car with a CD player that had one CD in at a time and because I was in school in a dorm room and I bought that CD when it came out it was one of the handful of CDs I owned in my car. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time with it, and I think anyone who likes them, if they spent a lot, like more time with that album instead of dismissing it as early on as people did, they would come to see that it really fits in well to their discography, way better than Seeds, in my opinion. So, so TV on the radio is like to you what Vampire Weekend is to me. Probably that was the exact same situation where I had the CD and it grew on me. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it when I first heard it because I was excited for it to come out. Mm. You know, and I could understand. I didn't. I didn't even know people were not happy about it until I started reading things. Right. I was like, okay. So, but the more time you spend with it, the more it makes sense because you do hear some things that are buried a little more, and you do hear some things that maybe you didn't notice right away, or you start to understand the the minute changes from Dear Science to that album that are cohesive and make sense that you maybe didn't realize to begin with. So. Yeah, I'd say that's a similar that's a pretty good analogy. I have a different perspective on that. I think that I I think I side more with listeners and I think that the people who aren't getting it as much are critics because I think that what ended up happening with TV on the radio and this is more conjecture when it comes down to it and I'm fine with that, but I think that they got comfortable in a lot of ways in their music and I think that they I think that you get a, a lot less of a sense of experimentation from Deer Science on. I think Deer Science does have experimental elements, but they're certainly not as experimental as a Return to Cookie Mountain. And they've become more of just a dance indie rock band. Well, yeah, they found their voice. And now, <laughs> and now you have to write songs in that style. I don't know that they found their voice. I think they found what was working. And I think that they stuck with what was working. And I think that the I think critics were I think honestly that critics just at that point were so ready to indulge in TV on the radio that regardless of what they put out, they would have given it high ratings. And I think that that tends to be the case with a lot of artists where once an artist makes it big and they get very popular, then a lot of critics will just say, well, it's this artist, so they're still doing 
they're doing something that sounds similar, so it works. But I think that when it comes down to it, nine types of light and seeds, from my perspective, is them getting comfortable and making less experimental, less interesting songs. And I think that critics were just willing to say, well, it's TV on the radio, so I'm cool with it. So I think that they're fine albums, but they're certainly not up to the caliber of like a Return to Cookie Mountain, which is my favorite album from them. And I think that that, again, comes down to early on they were willing to experiment and do some very fun, interesting things with layers and loops. And they were like doing, they were challenging their music. And I think that they got to a point where they felt like they didn't have to challenge their music anymore. Like it didn't have to be challenging. It could just be catchy and loopy and fun. And that would still sell records. Sure. So. Unless that's what they were out to do the entire time. Maybe. Which I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like I said, it's conjectural. So I know that it's not like, I don't know the answer to that for sure. sure. Does any, anybody have a song? Does anyone song on that album? Which one? Nine Types of Light. No. No. Do you want to play one from there anyway? Sure. Uh, if I were to play one, well, you, why don't you pick? Go ahead. Fine. I would pick Forgotten. Okay. There are many times in this band uh, songs, they're very close to being just a muddled mess, but they always keep it like right on the line of it before it gets that far. You could hear every aspect of what was being presented there. Yeah, they're like always like right up there though. They're like if they had in anything else, it would be too much. Right. But they they just know when to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my point of like where this album comes in. And the layering comes back to it in a different way. Because it, mm-hmm. it becomes, for me on Dear Science, the muddling is a little bit there mm-hmm. on the backing portion of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Right there where all that came in, I could hear every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of like an example of what I'm saying where I think that some of the layer, the idea of like making things stand out. You can make multiple things stand out at one time. And my brain can like move between different items and something like that. And it's kind of cool that they've done something to that degree. Mm-hmm. Good point. So I know that a lot of people praise Adebimpe, mm-hmm. his voice. But I've also seen while reading that a lot of people started to think that Kip was like a pretty solid backing vocalist. He is. Like from probably from Dear Science on. And I'll admit that like I don't really think that I catch his vocals that much. I don't know if they're just very similar to Adebimpe's. Or if I'm just not noticing it, but I just didn't. I didn't feel like the backing vocals were so prominent that they caught me off guard or anything. Like I didn't like. Oh yeah, these backing vocals are really interesting. It just kind of felt like an additional layer because re- really, oftentimes the vocals to any TV on the radio song are kind of more just a layer to the music and don't really feel like the centerpiece to any of the songs. So. I don't know. You, you're more familiar with them, so maybe you can speak to him as a backing vocalist a little more. Yeah, that's true. They're li- like they're, the vocals are instrumental. 
in a, in, a, in a sense, especially because they use a chanting thing every you know kind of an occasion. A lot of la la las and yep. oohs. And the the backing, like anytime you have backing vocals, it tends to be pretty heavily layered in there. Mm-hmm. But Kip's voice is a little bit lower, mm-hmm. so all of the stuff that you hear that's a little bit lower, that's like holding up the lyrical portion as as that layer. Mm-hmm. And those and those albums is probably Kip. So it's it won't be easy to hear because it doesn't come through the way that Tunde's does. Right. But it it holds the track down, I suppose, is what people are, are probably saying in that regard. Okay. And he does do, I mean, he doesn't sing as much, of course, but he does do singing on some of the earlier albums as well, and just not very much, yeah. mostly. But it's all it's all layered stuff in there anyway. Yeah. Jared, I know that you have been mostly disinterested in the TV on the radio stuff, but was there any song that stood out to you? I liked Wolf Like Me. The hit. Get that hit out there. While we were, uh, before we play that song, I was going to say that uh, talking about Dear Science, the title of that album came from a note that David Sittick wrote in the studio that said, Dear Science, please start solving problems and curing diseases or shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Transform a tragedy. Got a curse I cannot live. Shout when the sunset shifts. When the moon most indie rock like song that i yeah. found from them that's which is fair. the kind of style of indie rock that i like yeah that song has a strong resemblance at least to me to an idol song what is the name of that song uh the song at 1049 goths oh yeah you know what i'm talking about no can you play that yeah goth o oh goth o sorry Same kind of delivery in yeah, there. Does did you like the breakdown in that song, Jared? I did. Yes. Yeah. Only song like that on the entire album. Speaking of uh, songs off of Return to Cookie Mountain, I thought it was interesting that Hours at the end of it has an LP remix on it, mm-hmm. which I would not have expected from a TV on the radio song. But I feel like it doesn't have the like the type of productional sound that I expect from LP usually. So I feel like if that track had come on i wouldn't be like this is an lp remix like i wouldn't have really noticed but i still think it's cool that he was like associated with that album we haven't talked about on uh, cookie mountain how mr david bowie yep features backing vocals on the song province that is true and he championed the band uh for their full-length debut
torn between Province being my favorite song and DLZ. I haven't decided which one. I love my Province. It's a great song. It's a very good song. I love that whole album. Yeah. Every one of them. Every one of them has stood out to me at different points when listening to it. Yeah. I like Return to Fifty Mountain quite a bit. So, they did a lot of different collaborations outside of just Bowie, Celebration, Dragons of Zinth, Stuart D. Bogey. I don't know any of these people. They've done a lot of collaborations. They've collaborated with people, yeah. They do bring a lot of different people. Well, Trent Reznor, too. They did stuff with Trent Reznor. I don't know if you you saw that or not. And Peter Murphy from Bajas. Which is cool. Yeah, from Bajas, yeah. So they've done... They like to bring people in, which I think it's wise with that type of music. Yeah. It it, it provides a lot of space to bring in people and do some various things. Adabimbe was also an animator on the cartoon program Celebrity Deathmatch. He was. was he? Yes, he was. Oh. I didn't know that. That's uh-huh. very interesting. That was it early. His early. 19, around 1998. Mm-hmm. Huh. Pretty early. That is pretty early. Pre-busking. 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 I know you from Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> Pre-busking. Yeah, so, I mean, it was initially him and uh, David. And then Kip came along. And that was in 01. Kip came along in 03. Mm-hmm. And Desperate Youth was only... Or Young Liars, I'm sorry. Uh, was only those three. Oh, was it only yeah, those three? Yeah, it was only those three guys. It's and, pretty... I mean, uh, a lot of their early sound was pretty well accomplished with loops. Yeah, if you look at this, like, everyone does everything. Yeah, they really <laughs> It's do. like Tunde's the only one who doesn't play guitar. Right. You know? So, everyone has their hand in it somewhere. But I've seen, I've never seen them live in person. And at this point, I don't, I mean, they're not doing anything, of course. But, mm. you know, when Seeds came out, I don't know, I probably would have liked to have seen them still, I guess. Yeah. But it would have been past the time where I would have been really excited. Right. I mean, when Return, when, uh. Nine Types of Light came out, would have probably been the last time I'd be like, yeah, I definitely really want to see them kind of thing. Yeah. So, but I've seen videos of them, and they've got a lot of people up there. Yeah. And they're all doing various things. And it gets pretty wild up there on stage and and busy. Worth mentioning, too, and I know Jared has mentioned one of them. Who are artists that you think resemble TV on the radio? Jared, I know the prominent one that you've mentioned is Block Party. Yes. Also, uh, the new pornographers a little bit. Imagine Dragons. No, mm-hmm. shut yes. up. I did read an article earlier. Is uh, how what what do TV on the radio and Imagine Dragons have in common? What's uh, that? It was not much. It was not worth. <laughs> yeah, it was not worth it. <laughs> I wouldn't think not, pal. The one that stood out to me most prominently, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it at some point, is Monomina, Monomina. because yeah. I put that Friend and Foe album in there. I'm, I'm not sure. Did anybody listen to anything from Friend and Foe? I, I listened to a little bit of it. Do you see the similarities? Be. Yeah, kind of, I guess. It, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Indie rock in such a broad like kind of spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I mean, the strokes are considered indie rock also, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, they're not really much like TV on the radio. Mm-hmm. We've covered the strokes before. So I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of other groups that would be kind of, I, I'd love to read you the fans also like, if you want, cause it, it's a pretty diverse group. Well, I know Wolf Parade is one of them. Wolf Parade, clap your hands, say yeah, is yeah, on there. Yeah. Spoon. Yeah. The Walkman. Menomina, of course, Grizzly Bear. Interesting, but I, you know. But I think that Menomina like is a lot closer than LCD sound anything. system. Yep. Everybody's yeah. favorite. Yeah, I think they are. Well, Built to Spill is on this list. Yeah. And, and does Built to Spill? I mean, Modest Mouse is closer than Built to Spill is. Yeah. You know, 
But I even so, think that like Menominee and Destroyers on here. Oh, of course. I think Menominee's vocal delivery is even similar to Advent Bass. Like I'll play real quickly. I'll play the beginning to Pelican because I think that that one is more of a prominent like like powerful vocal that Adabempe uses often and it sounds like to me I hear a lot of similarities between their voices. Take it when I'm not looking. Take it from my hook while it's still kicking. Don't you get a lot of added Bempe out of what he does vocally. And they they use loops prominently to the point that they actually created a program to make loops off of. Nice. So they obviously, like, and they came up, like, right around the exact same time. Like, their first album came out the same year that TV on the Radio's Young Liars came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so they, oh, three. I mean, they both, Four. like, I mean, you couldn't say that one was really influenced by the other. They just happened to be finding no. a similar sound well, around the same time. That's a time when, the, well, there's a lot of area to do that in in the early and mid-2000s, you know? What music was going in, like, popular music was what we know of us here collectively as pop is in, like, boy bands mm-hmm. and then transitioning into some of those people justin timberlake solo career for instance it's a similar sound nickelback nickelback yep even some even corn and that stuff's is you know laying over and coming into that realm for people people like disturbed in 02 uh-huh so there's a bit of a hole hole with round yeah <laughs> uh so someone and the, and what are you going to fill it with so in indie rock so the moon in Antarctica, for instance, by Audit, by Modest Mouse, and the good news was mm-hmm. two thousand two thousand four. Yeah. All right. So that's where we're seeing, like Indigo at that point in time. Right. Right. And we're seeing you had like a Wilco. Right. You had a Interpol. Strokes obviously was already mentioned. Um, some of those fall within the garage rock revival, but a lot of them yes, still fall within like the indie rock spectrum, which they yep. both of those kind of blended in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, you had a lot of like the indie rock bands who were coming out prominently like block party um really they only had one album that was popular but they're still worth mentioning within that realm of time right that like mid-2000s there was a definitely a hole and indie rock somehow kind of filled it and tv on the radio still only sometimes fits the indie rock moniker because the the indie rock moniker is so broad that it's hard to really fit anything into it anymore but it's still is relevant within that field of time. So, yeah, well, they span genre. I mean, you know, Menomina is similar. They span genres and they include all sorts of different stuff. So, it, there's just a lot of, there was a lot of room in that time for something like that to blow up. Yeah. You know, something like that wasn't around with a bunch of different things in it. People were using loops and stuff like that in dance music. People were using loops. Or sampling in hip hop of the time, and but no one was really pulling those different things together, yeah, and doing things like what they did. So there was space for it. I will play my favorite song. I will go ahead and go with DLZ since we already played Province. That's what I figured. That's good. Mm-hmm. 
that one borrows a lot from like house beats Mm -hmm. which is odd but is also another like influence that like because i mean that falls into like house is electronic but not dance but he's a good he's a good doctor yeah, he's all right. He did figure out that kid kept dying because he bought jeans out of the back of someone's car. Oh, it's weird. usually lupus. No, this was some like Chinese dye early coronavirus. Ooh, mm. coroner. Um, what is the who did who did the theme for House? Who was that again? Do you remember? It's a it's a it's a House group actually. Yes, it is. Um, what are they called? I want to say widespread panic, but I know no, that's wrong. That's not a House group. That's I know, a jam. I know. Band. I know. That's why I'm. What is that? I'm losing the name. I know I know it. I'm going to find it. I'm already on it. Massive Attack. Massive, Massive Attack. attack. Mm, yeah. yes. That album was actually really good that that song is off of. But Mezzanine? Only, yeah, but most people only know the house song, which is funny. Here. Yeah, Mezzanine's a good album. It is. All right. So, big question, I guess. Do you think that TV on the radio... Because they never blew up, but they yeah. were on the cusp of it. Like, they got close to being one of the more prominent indie bands. But they've been praised critically pretty heavily. Do you think that their music justifies the praise that they receive? Do you think that they... I know how Tyler feels, but do you think that they are a band that, like, is worth the level of praise they have received from critics in that sphere? No. Yes. Okay, yes and no. What what do you think? Go ahead, Jared. I don't think that they're very good. Um, I think that... I I mean, I I can see why Pitchfork and other things like that pick them. Mm -hmm. They're a New York-based band that is, you know, like... I can see why that kind of uh, review would like that kind of music, you know. But it really wasn't that prominent for me i didn't it wasn't very memorable like lyrically i have nothing that i can really pull from i was like oh that was a good lyric or that made me think or anything like that and Mm -hmm. then i didn't find the um vocals that interesting either so i just didn't i was not into this at all basically as you probably know yeah but i i don't know i i didn't i don't see them like you're talking about like being on the cusp of blowing up or whatever but they made it to like the front of what magazine? Probably Spin, Spin. and Rolling Stone. Stuff they performed like that. on multiple late night television shows. Yeah, I mean Letterman the liked them, but yeah. but they were, I mean, probably filmed in New, you know, like yeah. If that was well, that wasn't in, the only show. I mean, they were on multiple different. Yeah, you know, or like Colbert or later on, probably after he took over. Um, no, because he didn't take over until like 2013 or something like that. Right. I thought he's been around longer than that. They would have had one, one album. At that point, well, seeds didn't it come out in fifteen? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, that's possibly probably they could have they could have played. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it's not a surprising thing that they are well regarded on review sites and such. Right. But it is not my cup of tea. I understand. Dax. Uh, they're interesting. They do interesting things musically. I could see why people like them a lot. I'm probably going to listen to it more because I think I could like it a lot, uh, but I haven't gotten there yet. It hasn't grown on me. I, I feel like it could grow on me, though. They have, they're interesting. Yeah. Of course. I, they're definitely uh, talented. Yeah. I'll give yeah. them that. I can see why people like them a lot. I, I think that I could see why their early work was something that pushed them into a point that people wanted to see them become a popular band. I think that Dear Science is, and I, I hate this phrase, 
gives me a bad taste in my mouth, but I do think it's a little overrated. I think it's a fine album. I think it is. How is that a phrase? It's a word. Whatever. Whatever. Semantics. Um, I, I just, I, I like parts of it, but I don't find all of it as compelling as it's praised to be. And I, I think it's really like the, the, the desperate youth return to cookie mountain time that I'm the most interested in, but I wouldn't see that music becoming popular, but I could see dear science being popular and I could see that being like praised. I just don't know that that album deserves the level of praise that it receives. I don't think it's their best album. So yeah, I wouldn't for me, of course I think that they're, that it's due. Yeah. Um, Cody made a good point. You you made a good point. I mean, Jared makes a good point as well. But to the point of, you know, what I'm saying, uh, they experiment. I think they continue to experiment in a little bit different way, not as in, not in a way that was quite as interesting. In a way that was obviously more accessible. And I think, you know, once you've experimented and begun, and you've decided that now we're going to make good music, based off of the type of things that we worked on then you just make good music. And I think that's what happened towards the end of their discography. Yeah. And that's why I think people still, you know, that's why I think critically those things are still well received because it's good music and it's good music to the tune of TV on the radio, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like TV on the radio. It's familiar enough to say, I know what this is, but for me, I mean, every album is different enough to say, even the you know to to mesh in, I mean that familiarity is what keeps songs stuck in my head from Nine Types of Light and make me think it's on yeah. a different album, an earlier album, you know. Uh, so that there's a familiarity there that that cuts through up until Seeds. Seeds is I I have not spent enough time with that album mm-hmm. to really form an opinion on it. It's going to take a lot of time for me because I find little pieces in it that I really like. Yeah. But as a whole, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's, I mean, I think it's lazy, personally. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of a lazy album, like you mentioned. I, I don't think Nine Types of Light is like that. Okay. But I do think Seeds is like that. And it floats into a re, an area where maybe people expected them to go sooner. Yeah. You know, because they always have had kind of a, because of that dance and like a beat-oriented and coming in with synth background, mm-hmm. maybe some people thought they might go there sooner. I was hoping they wouldn't go there, and they went. There. They basically did on seeds, and it's, I think it's a discredit to what they can do. Yeah, it's a discredit to their ability to be creative, and I think it's most sadly a discredit to Tunde's ability to use his vocals as music. Yeah, because he really just sings on that album. Right. It's also their final and most recent album that didn't feature. The Gerard right. that passed away. Right. So it, I think that they wanted to continue. I mean, they weren't sure if they were going to continue, and then when they decided they would, they made that album. And I think maybe they wanted to do it to tribute him or something. I don't know. But right. It, it, what is, it is the only album not to feature him and the most recent. You know, they might not make right. another album. You know, yeah, I, they knows. probably won't. I mean, they probably won't. Kip, probably has, Kip has made albums on his own. Uh, you know, the other... The other guys have made albums on their own. Tunde has done other work on his own. Outside, he's done artwork on his own outside of music, even. So he's it's bringing not, back Celebrity Deathmatch. I heard. Is he? I don't know. No. I uh, hope so. Well, they certainly don't need. You know, they don't need TV on the radio for something. No. So 
you know, they would just have to want to do it. And we didn't, I guess we, I don't remember if we did mention that uh, Gerard died of lung cancer nine days after the release of Nine Types of Light, in yeah. fact, uh, the 20th of April, 420, uh, 2011. What is it? So I don't Hitler's know if we mentioned birthday. that or not, but he did. So I don't know. I think it's, I think that Dear Science is gets the recognition it deserves. I do not, it, for me, it's not their best album either. Mm-hmm. But you think that it's still up there? But like I think it's still worthwhile. Yeah, I think it's definitely still worthwhile. Yeah. It's definitely still worthwhile. And it's definitely still interesting. And there's definitely parts. And it still has, even though it has less of them, it still has little bits that stick out to me. Yeah. In songs that happened once. I find that to be really interesting when you have little pieces like that. That stick out and, and you know, that's it. that's it. You have to just listen to that part over and over. Yeah. You know, there's two parts like that in my favorite song. What's your favorite song? It's on Desperate Youth. It's the last song. That would be Where You you Out. There's okay. a little, little electrical blip about 50 seconds into that song. That's cool, too. Hmm. So any uh, closing thoughts on old TV on the radio at this point in time? They had a demo collection called OK Calculator. That's they a, did. It's a nod reference to old Radiohead. Radiohead, OK Computer. Another probably influence on them. I would have to imagine. So, Dax, Tyler? Nope. All right. I think I've covered it. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we were talking about TV on the radio, and next week we'll be talking about The Replacements. Follow us on Facebook. Check out our Patreon if you are interested. Perhaps there might be some bonus content. You never know. You never know. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.